We praise You, Lord. We praise You, Lord. You love Him tonight. If you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, we've been studying on being disciples of Christ. And the more we get into this message, as we will tonight, Matthew chapter 5, as you know, we saw that He gathered His disciples and the multitudes around and He began to teach, to preach, and to heal, which means He started dealing with both spirit, soul, and body. I want to encourage you as you've been coming, as I told you, I want you to be prepared. You never know when I'm going to call and see if some of you have some special points of these messages that you'd like to share with the rest of us. So I want you to be ready, be prepared on these points that we've been studying at. But as we get into this tonight, how many of you know that the church has seen one thing, but to truly be a disciple of Christ, why did Christ tell the disciples? Unless you're willing to drink the cup that I'll drink from. Unless you're willing to die the death and follow me to the cross. Unless you're willing to follow me, you cannot be my disciples. And how many of you know it's not just a matter of being a convert? We're called to be transformed. We're called to be renewed. We're called to be changed into the likeness of Jesus. And none of us are there, but we are here based upon the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ. That He, he saved me like I was, but He loves me too much to leave me like I am. Thank God He's doing a work within us. And we studied already on, as he taught in verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And we taught verse 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We taught on repentance last week. And today I want you to see verse 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So we want to get touched this tonight because this is what Jesus taught his disciples. And I believe that this is the foundation for the church. And I want to read to you what some of the Greek definitions of the word meek is. And I want you to write those down. And if you don't have pen and paper, we do have the CDs and tapes so you can get on the web. But the word meek means those who accept God's dealings without resistance or argument. If we're going to be a disciple of God, we're going to have to be a student. And we'll find tonight that the word meek speaks to the students of God. And a student doesn't fight back or argue with his master, with his teacher. And the meek means those who accept God's dealings without resistance or arguments, without murmuring and without complaining. Without murmuring or without complaining. The word meek stands for those who do not struggle against God. I'm not going to struggle against what God's telling me to do. You're telling me to forgive? I'm not going to struggle with that, and I'm not going to plead my case before you. I'm going to plead the blood, and I'm going to forgive. I'm not going to argue with your word. I'm not going to argue that I've got to forgive seven times, 70 times a day. I'm not going to struggle against that. I'm going to yield to that because I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not complain about what they did for me or to me or against me. But in meekness, I will yield to love and forgiveness. It means that when I'm provoked, I'd rather walk in love than walk in revenge. When I'm provoked, I'd walk in love before walking in revenge. The word meek means to remain silent. 
And it's also from the word, book of Proverbs speaks, he who gives a soft answer turns away wrath. Only a meek person can give a, a soft answer, a gentle answer. Write this down, please. The word meek means to remain level-headed. To remain level-headed while others are doing crazy things to me and around me. To remain level-headed. How many of you know the world is going crazy? But when we've grown in the area of brokenness, meekness, repentance, even when people and things are going crazy, we remain calm because it speaks there. Blessed are the meek, for they shall be comforted and they shall inherit the earth. And so it's about remaining level-headed, in control, even when things are going crazy around us. It means to be surprisingly patient and self-controlled. Surprisingly patient and self-controlled. You ever surprise yourself? about how good you're doing in some areas where you're used to, it was D's and F's. Ever shocks you when your wife tells you, boy, honey, you've changed. Wow, you handle that so differently. I'll give you A plus on that. That's what he's talking about there, about surprisingly patient, self-controlled, while they, but listen, patient, surprisingly patient, and self-controlled. And we love that part. But it goes on to say in the Greek, while they are being stripped of everything they own. Surprisingly patient and self-controlled while, during, they are being stripped of everything they own. Oh, we're quick to say I bind you, thief, and I command you to take your hands off in the name of Jesus. And we have that authority and that control. But what if it's something that the Lord is circumcising from our life? What if it's some desire, some dream that God is saying, it's all your dream, but it's not my dream and plan for your life. And things are being stripped from our life. It means to prefer to suffer and forgive 20 insults instead of seeking revenge. That's the word meekness. How many of you know we claim all the time, I have the mind of Christ. How many claim that? Boy, we're good at that. I have the mind of Christ. I'm got, my mind is being renewed by the Word of God. But you know, to have the mind of Christ is not about just what faith and victory. It's about loving while we're being crucified. It's about not striking back at the people when we have all the rights in the world too. And it's about being silent and not defending ourselves when they're wrong and you're right. How about that part of the mind of Christ? Being like Christ. Being like Christ. Isn't that what the Christian walk is all about? Not returning evil for evil, but forgiving and letting go. Today the world considers that being spineless and weak. The world considers Christians in the church that we're just, we're just weak. We're spineless. You don't take up for yourselves. You turn the other cheek. You're spineless. You're weak. No, we're learning to live the life of Christ. That when I'm silent, when I'm silent, that's when He's the most heard. 
And when John the Baptist, his attitude, and we're going to get to him in just a few minutes, John the Baptist, when he says, I must decrease, that he must increase. You know what John was saying? I am to be heard, not to be seen. I'm here to be heard, not to be seen. And boy, we don't hear that and we don't see that today in the church of Jesus Christ. It's about being seen and heard. But John says, I must decrease. Because I haven't come so that I may be seen. I have come to be a voice about the one who is to be seen. And I started thinking, if that's what meekness is, if it means that if I am just a voice willing to be unseen, that means the unseen God will come upon the scene and He will manifest. When I'm unseen, He will be seen. When I'm not looking for my rights, He will come with justice. He will stand for me. When I'm not standing for myself. That's the word meekness. It's to be selfless. It means to be blessed to inherit the earth. It's about attitude and it's about disposition. And I tell you, the more I get back into this and the more I study and fast and pray and study these things, the more I want to be like Christ than I want to be like anybody else. He's our goal and our aim. And it's so easy, you know, as the world has their spiritual superstars and, and super this and super that. It's all about super Jesus. And the Bible says, you can write this down in Matthew 25, verse 9. The meek he will guide in judgment. And that word judgment means in what's right. And then it says again, and the meek. Will he teach his way? I hear so many people say, in church, this is so true. Pastor, I don't feel like I'm learning anything. People's left the church say, I'm not learning anything. It's amazing the Word of God just said, the meek will he teach his way. Listen. Listen, church. I feel for people like that. You know why? The wisest man in the world learned from an ant. The wisest man in the world learned from a greyhound dog. Only a meek person is truly willing to learn from even a child. It happens in all the churches. And when the pastor's not preaching and the people find out about it, the crowds are lower. Because unless it's pastor who's preaching, uh-oh, I'm meddling here. Unless it's pastor's preaching, that's our night to take off. We could take that night off because pastor's not preaching. It's not about pastor. Because the person who might be the first time to preach will never forget those who came out and supported them. But you might learn something from their life that pastors never lived through. Blessed are the meek. For it says, I'll teach them my way. The meek will he teach his way. The word meek means obedience to a command. And you know what that word meek there is used for? It's a word used about a human taking control 
and training an animal with a bit and a bridle. The meek person is saying, Lord, put a ring in my nose, put a bit in my mouth, put a halter, whatever you've got to do. I want to be like that donkey that you were able to use on that day when you came to the kingdom and everybody started praising you with extravagant praise, singing Hosanna. I want to be that little donkey. As long as I have to be tied here, I'll be tied here. Just to have a moment to better carry you for a moment. I'm willing to be controlled. I'm willing to be controlled by your meekness, though that means I must control whatever area I've got to learn to control in my life. Look, look with me in Matthew chapter 11. We're not far from there. Matthew chapter 11. You know, it's just, it's just humbling to me to think that I'm, I'm quoting from Jesus. Now, I've been saved since 1969 and I've been preaching since 1980. But to think that I still get to get in front of people and speak the words of Christ, it's It's humbling. And for each and every one of us to better study and to obey His commands. Who doesn't want to follow Jesus? Who doesn't want to obey Jesus? Who doesn't want to say whatever price it takes? I mean, halter me. Put a bridle on me. Tackle me. Break me. Mold me. Whatever you have to do that you get some glory out of me. And it says here in Matthew 11, 29 in the Amplified Bible. Jesus speaking, take my yoke upon you, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and meek, humble and lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, pressing, but comfortable and gracious and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Listen, no matter what they've done to you, Jesus is telling you, it's still easier to love them than it is to hate them. Jesus is still saying, it's a lot easier, no matter what they did to you, it's a lot easier if you go ahead and forgive them than to continue to hold it against them. Because then you don't have my yoke on you. You've got the yoke of a hard slave master. Learn of me. I'm meek. I want to be just like you, Jesus. I want to cast the devils. I want to raise the dead. I want to hear, see the deaf. I want to know that the deaf hear and the blind see. And he's saying, first of all, learn to be meek like me. And you do the works like me. I believe that's what he's doing and that's what he's preparing us for. Amen. It involves entire dependence of the believer on God. It's an attitude of lowliness toward self. Look with me, Philippians chapter 2. So to be disciples of Christ is to be like Christ. Hmm. Isn't that what it's all about? Philippians 2 verse 3. Now I'm going to read out the New American Standard. Philippians 2 verse 3. Reading from the Word of God. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. 
Have this attitude in yourselves. Have this attitude in yourselves. This attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient, that's the word meek, obedience, to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. Meekness or selflessness is not so much what we bring to God or even which God bestows, but it's rather a sense of entire nothingness. Which causes us to see how God is all in all. Amen. And through loneliness and humility, I become a student of God and allow his purposes to be in my life. Meekness and humility is, Lord, I just come before you and confess, I don't know. But I know you do. And Lord, I, I want to hear from you so badly that even if what you tell me doesn't make any sense at all, and it goes totally against my grain, it comes totally against the way I am. I, I want to be so teachable that it doesn't matter how crazy it sounds to my natural mind, I want to be willing and obedient to be your student, to, to obey and yield to whatever you tell me to do with my life. You tell me to give it all away, start over. We've done that more than once. And he's proven faithful every time. You tell us to do it again, we'll do it again. Because I tell you, one thing we have learned, that even with nothing but a hut and the bare necessities in the jungle, we can laugh and be happy because we were satisfying the heart of our God. It's not in the abundance of things, and you all know that. It's about pleasing the heart of the Father. I desire you to teach me how best you see fit. Listen to what a Roman uh, uh, orator uh, wrote, a Roman uh, speaker said. They would no doubt be excellent students. I love this. Listen to this. They would be no doubt excellent students if they were not already convinced of their own knowledge. They would be excellent students if they weren't already convinced. Oh, I already know that. In fact, I know more than you. All I've done learned that. God says, there's the word you say you know, I want to add an S to the ending of it. I want to add some words to the beginning of it. Just to bring you new enlightenment of what I want to teach you. Josephus, the great historian, wrote many years after John the Baptist. He said this, listen to this. Every time John the Baptist's name is still mentioned, people still tremble. This was 60 years later. Every time they mention the name John the Baptist, people still trembled at just the mention of his name. Because Jesus said, of all born of woman, none was greater. Meek man. Meekness. Quietness. 
Jesus said among, among women, none was greater. John's heart says he must increase that I must decrease. When he was asked who he was, he simply said, I am nobody. Just a voice to be heard and a person not to be seen. Paul said the same thing. You can look with me in Colossians chapter 3. We're, we're right there. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. I want to read this also in the Amplified Bible. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Clothe yourselves, therefore, as God's own chosen ones, His own picked representatives. Aren't you glad you're a representative of God? Well, what does this include? Who are purified and holy and well-beloved by God Himself by putting on behavior marked by tender-hearted pity and mercy, kind feeling, a lowly opinion of yourselves, gentle ways, and patience, which is tireless and long-suffering and has the power to endure whatever comes with good temper. I mean, y'all like me, i got to stop right there and repent. Verse 13, be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if one has difference, grievance, or complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you, so must you also forgive. Above all these, put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely and in ideal harmony. And let the peace, from Jesus, rule and act as umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with vitality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state, to which as members of Christ in one body, you were also called to live and be thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds and dwell in you in all its richness. As you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom and spiritual things, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, make a melody to God with His grace in your hearts. Verse 17, And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of Jesus, Lord, and in dependence upon His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. How do you know you keep hearing about gentleness? Amen? Gentleness. How many opportunities do we have to die to self? How many times do we have just opportunity to just say, it's not about me. I've got to let this go. I'm going forward and I've got to make the decision. I want to be like Christ no matter what it costs me. Amen. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 22, 36 through 7, you can read that later. But you need to read that later. Second Samuel twenty two, thirty six through thirty seven. You need to read that. I don't have time to go there, but it talks about meekness. One commentary says meekness means I no longer protect myself. This is what David said. Mm. I no longer protect myself because I see nothing worth protecting. And you say, Oh, that is that 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 just cuts no 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 no. No. Because you know what? We talk about value and worth. I'm going to be preaching this another time. You know what's a value and worth to God? And we say, oh, me. What's like Him in me is valuable to Him. Faith answers to faith. And when I see, when I'm meek and I say, I'm not going to defend me. 
Because there's nothing worth, there's nothing in me worth defending. Paul, that's, that's selflessness. That's dying to self. The things everyone's been going through in their personal lives and ministry and in every area, he's just getting more of him in us so the more of him in us can glorify his name. There's nothing in me worth defending because anything in me that there is, it's all to the glory of His name. That's the attitude of meekness and that's what David was talking about there. Abraham showed meekness in letting Lot choose first. I wouldn't have let my nephew choose first. I would have chose first. Moses was called the meekest man on the earth. And when his own sister and brother spoke against him and was struck with leprosy, he went in between God and begged for them and God cleansed them from the leprosy. When David, you could read about when he left Jerusalem barefoot into the mountains because he did not want to fight his son Absalom. And when his son, his enemy, who made, he did everything to humiliate his dad. When, his son found, when he found out his son was dead, he cried and he cried, Absalom, Absalom, oh how I wish I would have died instead of you, even though Absalom was a betrayer. That's selflessness. That's selflessness. That's Jesus. First Peter 3, 4, You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Now, you know that scripture is talking about women. And boy, the preachers love to use that scripture about women. You know, that's why you don't need to wear makeup. And that's why it's not about wearing jewelry. You know, that's why it's not about cutting hair. And they just, they can really go on and on and on there. But oh, some of the women with the highest buns and the earless rings are some of the meanest people you could ever meet. It's not the outward adorning. And let me say something, men. They use that about women, but listen, it's the same verse for men too. It's not the outward adorning. It's not who I say I am. It's what He sees in me. God values and prizes this type of heart quality. But clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the inner beauty. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God. Philippians 2.8 This is the Living Bible. Yes, everything else is worthless. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake I have discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I can gain Christ. That's true discipleship. John 5, 41. Jesus turned to the people and said, Your approval of me, Jesus said this, Your approval of me means absolutely nothing. The Creator was able to look at those rejecting Him and planning on killing Him. And they came against Him and He says, Your approval of Me means absolutely nothing. Because I of My Father's will came. 
and says, I came on behalf of my Father, and I am here on behalf of my Father, your approval of me means absolutely nothing for the words that I speak are the words of the Father. And if there's anything good that you see in me, it is of the Father. So your approval of me means absolutely nothing. Jesus said in John 6, 38, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. John 7, 16, 28, Jesus said, My message is not my own. It comes from God who sent me. And verse 28 says, Yes, you know me and you know where I come from. But I am not here on my own. The one who sent me is true. And you don't know him. John 8, verse 50. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. A person once wrote, A precious flower grows out of the ashes. And I added to that, The ashes of my own pride. The ashes of my own self-will. That's the ashes that the flower grows out of. Can I share what you shared with me about that flower? Cindy's been studying. We'll be doing teaching later on about There was uh, seven young people from Colombia who went to hell and heaven. And then she's reading a book about a Korean lady who went to heaven. And and they they say the same similar things. And something that was very interesting she told me about a while ago was that this young person saw this beautiful flower in heaven and went down to pick it up and kept pulling on this flower and the flower wouldn't move. Just stayed in the ground. You couldn't pluck it up. And then finally Jesus went up there and says, this is how you do it. And he bent down and grabbed the flower, and the flower came right out. He says, everything in heaven responds to love. You don't have to get brute with anything in heaven. You can't pull, pluck, and break in heaven. Everything in heaven responds in love. What if we, the body of Christ, was like that? That everyone responds in love. And you you and I together. There's things of our flesh and things in our body that there are things that we're not proud of. I'm not up here mightier, holier than thou. I'm right there with you, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we all have things in our life, but I do know that as we go through the fire and as we go through refinement, there are more and more ashes surrounding my life. But what grows out of ashes? Beauty grows out of ashes, other things in my life that need to be burnt. So something beautiful, something beautiful for the glory of God is going to grow in the place of what defiled me and what hurt the heart of God over my body and my life. That's going to be the ashes that's going to fertilize the ground for God to get the glory. Amen? It says that the meek shall inherit the earth. How many of you have seen that movie, the previews of the movie of... Uh, those big uh, prehistoric elephants, the mammoths. Did y'all, did y'all see that movie or the previews of the mammoths? Hmm? Yeah, 10,000 B.C. And they've been shown on the Discovery Channel, on the History Channel. Have y'all seen about those big elephants? Have you ever seen the Discovery Channel? Have you seen all the, all the dinosaurs, how big the dinosaurs were? Y'all ever seen how big? Yeah. Any of y'all been to a dinosaur museum? I, I, I've been there too. Do you know something? It says the meek shall inherit the earth. The biggest beast that ever lived are no more. And you know what? It's also they say what is also prehistoric, the cockroach. The biggest animals 
are just dead, dry bones. And a cockroach is probably in your house. (laughs) Alive and well. The dinosaurs are buried and gone. The mammoths are dead and gone. The T-Rex is dead and gone. But the sheep, who have nothing to defend themselves, are still on the mountaintops. The meek shall inherit the earth. Do you know Jesus was compared to the lamb? And the Holy Spirit's compared to the dove? Because the lamb is the meekest of animals that a dove would be willing to land upon. And the more that I'm like Christ, the more the Holy Spirit wants to descend and dwell on me. A lion, a bear, anything else would scare the dove off. But a lamb does not. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall walk in the intimacy and the communion of God. Let me just end with these few things here. Napoleon said this, The empire of Jesus Christ, built on love, has survived when kingdoms founded on force have toppled in swift ruin. 1 John 2.17 He who does the will of God abides forever. Look at you never say, That's me and you. Hallelujah. Psalm 37, verse 11. But the meek shall in, Psalm 37, 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know, you know where the real power in life and the real peace of life comes? From the fruit of the Spirit. It says the meek will abide in the abundance of peace. The Living Bible says it this way. The lowly will possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. It's amazing. Some of the most miserable people I've ever met have been some of the biggest givers. Well, Pastor, I gave a check today. You're going to love the size check I gave. I'm proud of the amount I gave. But they don't have any peace in their life. And their children don't have any The meek shall abound in peace and prosperity. And I want to talk about inherit. And I'll end with this. Let me know Moses is known as the meekest man. Let me tell you something about being meek. That we can learn from about inheritance. Moses was the meekest man that ever lived. The word meek means the one in whom God brags about. God brags about the humble. God brags about the, the, uh, the meek. But you know what? What God brags about? That's what we've got to hold on to and fight for to keep. Because one time, the area that God bragged about most was the meekness of Moses. And one time, he responded. One time, he responded in anger and struck the rock. And what was promised him as an inheritance was taken away because God had been bragging. This is, this is the meekest. This is my meek one. Don't talk about my anointed. Don't you talk about my anointed. This is my meek man. This is my meek man. And God was bragging about the meekness. And the one time Moses dropped his meekness 
God says, okay, I'll go ahead and let water come out. But know this. I'll let you see it from afar off, but you'll never step into the promised land. He lost the inheritance without losing what God bragged about. You know, when God talks to you in your prayer time, and God tells you what He thinks about you, and even if it's just something as simple as, I love you, that's area He brags about you most of. When you get a prophecy, when you get a word, when God gives you a scripture, that's where He brags about you at, and that's where you watch yourself the most. Because if God is telling you what He thinks about you, hell knows what He thinks about you. Heaven knows what He thinks about you. And the enemy says, Oh, you don't think Job was a curse you? Just let me at him. And God says, Uh uh-uh. uh. Job won't curse me. Father, we pray tonight and we ask you, as we are studying, the words of you, our Savior. Lord, we come and we repent for the abomination before you, which is a pride. Out of the seven things you hate, it's all about attitudes. It's not what we do with our body, it's what we do in our thoughts and in our hearts that you hate. And we come tonight, all of us, on level ground at the cross, and we all repent. For the areas in our life that have been selfish and void of you. And Father, forgive us for where we haven't been teachable to you. I pray for each and every one of us here tonight at the time we've said, Oh, that don't matter to me. That doesn't have something to do with my life. Lord, we want to be teachable and humble to the very dot and comma of your word. Because it won't even pass away. We want to be teachable, humble, and of a contrite heart. And Father, I come and I pray for your grace to be multiplied. Every letter, Paul prayed, grace be multiplied unto you. And I pray for your saints tonight that you will give us grace, multiplied grace, that will be able to cause us to stand and, Lord God, be supported by you. For when I am weak, I am strong because your grace is sufficient for me. And in areas of our life where we're weak tonight, anyone here at all, any area of our lives that are weak tonight, we pray that you strengthen us to be made strong, that we will live to the glory of you. Holy Spirit, teacher God, perfecter, oil from heaven, anoint us and teach us how to walk before you perfect and be holy for you are holy. I pray for sensitivity growing in this body. I think that there is such an atmosphere of love and hunger and selflessness in this church that will bring in a revival. That no matter where someone comes from or what they've done or what they may be doing, there is going to be such a transformation because we are willing to pay the price for that. Thank you for these disciples who come on Wednesday night. We thank for the, we ask that the Wednesday night group grows. Because how we need to be reminded of your word. And I thank you for a spirit of meekness and repentance and love. Openness is dwelling in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.
Hallelujah. You love Him tonight? He, is He everything for you? Is He worth everything? He's worth everything. Anything I've got to go through? Anything we've got to give up? No matter what, He's worth it all. He's worth it all. He's worth it all. I'll tell you what. We've come back to the message of the cross. We are at the message that brings life. Because only through death is there life. I want to remind you that Sunday morning we've got Sunday school at 9 o'clock and then regular service at 10.30. At 10.30. Please bring a friend on Sunday morning. Holy Spirit is doing some things and I was, I've been able to minister to people every day who are seeking for answers. Something's happening in this city and in this church. And people are being, their needs are being touched. Bring somebody to church Sunday morning. If there's somebody that you don't, can't stand, you ought to bring them Sunday morning. If there's somebody you're mad at, you ought to bring them Sunday morning. You ought to bring your neighbor. Bring somebody. My mother-in-law will be here. Bring somebody. She just walked out. I thought she was, she was back there. Bring somebody to church. Invite somebody to come to church. And I guarantee you, they will tell you they'll be glad they came. Because I have people write me and tell me that all the time. We love you. We bless you. Pray for one another. Consider one another. Be patient with one another. Be loving towards one another. Let's fulfill the law of our God in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, we'll be here. A number of people want prayer tonight, so we'll be up here to pray with you. Honey, if you could stay with me. We've got some things we've got to do tonight. We love you. We bless you. We dismiss you. And we will see you Sunday morning. God bless. Tell somebody you love them. Amen.